And yes, and this is, wow, this is Thursday, Kishwani Hours, with a new host. Live from JRU Radio in New York, this is the Kishwani Hour. I'm Oishi Grunfeld here with Nisim. Thank you, Nisim. You know our motto, no talent rejected, no child refused. To participate, call in 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. To text in 347-927-8398. We are currently looking for junior reporters, so you can text in. And to listen, 712-432-4217. That's 712-432-4217. You know, there's this new radio. It's called Naki Radio, and I recommend everybody get it. You could connect to like six, seven, or even more Jewish radios, and it's really good. And I'm hoping to get one. And if you have, a, if you want to broadcast, also you can to contact us. If you have some radio station that you want to do something, show you own radio station and you want to broadcast, and it's approved by the rabbis, you can call us. We can broadcast for you. And uh, this is I want to tell you. First of all, I want to tell you how many channels we are right now have. It's about twelve, and it's going up. We going to go like we have J Root Radio. And Jerut Radio in Hebrew. We have Jerut Music 24-7. 24-6, sorry. Uh, it's you in Australia will get it 24-7. Uh, again, this is like something that uh, we're working about it. We have Rabbi Shlomo Pearl, Alachot Shabbat, non-stop showroom of Rabbi Shlomo Pearl, non-stop, all day long running the show. We're working now in Rabbi Itzi Herb's stories. Uh, channel that it will be only only channel. We have Geula Radio. We have uh, in, you know we going to we are going to expand and everything everything is by approval of the rabbis, and we have Machane Kadosh approval. You know, and I and the 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 person that invests so much money on this is deserved. You know, and and the machine itself, the machine itself. Uh, you can see it on the screen if you now looking at us. Um, Moish, can you show you just point on the machine? Which machine the machine, the Naki radio. Oh, yes, yeah, you see. Okay, you're great. You see, leave it like this. And this is amazing. It's really, it's really a solid machine, beautiful, high quality. And I think this is like uh, every house, Bezat Hashem will see it here and uh, all over the world. You know, I got, I got phone calls now from Miami and Los Angeles and all other places that uh, really want it. So, Moish, what are we doing today? What's the, what is the Kishorni uh, hours today? So, today we have Yurtzites. We have okay. very Chashuv Yurtzites that are yes. very Chashuv. Uh, we have the Rosh. We have Rav Yosef Le Bloch to talk about. We got Rav David Tion Laniato. Rav David Tion Laniato. And uh, we also have another Tazer Rosh Yeshiva of Shemeshkop. So, yeah, there's what to talk about. But first of all, I want to say... Mazatov to Rabbi Mendel Bronstein, the Rav of my shul, of Chamberlain alumni minion, and to the Bax family and the Helberg family, the Friedman family, Galbard family, and the Abtan family on the weddings. Oh, Mazalto, Mabruk, as you say in Yiddish. Mabruk and Anyways, now we're going to talk about the Rosh. The Rosh was Rav Usher Ben Yechiel. He, he founded a nice commentary, a nice thing on uh, the 
the, the Talmud. He learned, he was a disciple of the Maram, and he, he's from the Ramam's name is Rameir of Rothenberg. The Ramam was the last German Baalit Tosfot, and his student Rav Asher took over because of the Crusaders. Rav Asher fled to Spain in 1306, and his first stop was Barcelona, where the Rajbal gave him a nice welcome. He then moved to Toledo, where he became the chief Dayan. And uh, he judged in the matters of the Jewish din and became chief rabbi of the community. The Rush was not very happy by the Spanish approach to Torah because uh, he saw an excessive value of philosophy and he didn't like the secular studies. He felt that the unavoidable consequence of the Spanish approach would be winding down on the Talmud, the true source of the Yiddish wisdom. Anyways, he also lived in the time of uh, Rav Yosef Cairo, the Bet Yosef. So that was the that was one that was the rush. Now we're gonna go to Rav Sion Laniato. Rav Dov Sion Laniato, as they called him, the Malki Suba. Am I saying that right? The Malki Suba. The, the Malki Suba, no. He's from Adam Soba. Adam Soba. Uh, okay, yeah. This is from basically um, no uh, north west part of uh, Syria, border of Turkey. And Haleb, it's called Haleb, Adam Soba. This is one of the, the famous kila over there, the famous uh, Torah scroll that was Aram Soba. This is uh, one of the ancient Torah that is from over there. I would say that Aram Sobat scroll is unbelievable. That many they they all everybody all the research took the to look on this uh, um, scrolls. And thank you, Nathan, for that. Uh, that was uh, very helpful. Uh, so the Rav David Sion Laniato, who was from Aram Soba, his nickname is Malke Soba. He was born 1899. He lived in the time of Arab pogroms. And 1929, he uh, fled to Hebron. And one day he went to the cave of Rachel Menu. A gang wanted to bother him. And a sheik, a, an important Arab man, was standing nearby and told the gang, Stop! What are you doing? Why are you hurting this rabbi? Don't you know he's the holy man? Rabbi Laniato ran home. But he ran to more trouble. And... He went home. Once he reached home, his neighbor told him, you got to run away from the city. You can't stay here in this city anymore. This city is not good. It's going to be run over by pogroms. You, they might hurt you. So he left the city, and he passed by a cave. But it wasn't until before the rioters arrived there, and they said, if you Jewish here, you want to get away. You won't get out of here. And Revliano Laniato davened very hard and was answered. All of a sudden, British troops passed by, and they heard his family crying, and they brought them to Yerushalayim. He took uh, on himself, he said to Hillam, every day, three times a day. Now, boys and girls, saying to Hillam three times a day, imagine doing that every day, the whole entire to Hillam three times. That's very, that's like unbelievable. He and I want to, and believe me, he knew it by art. 
and no jumping and no bubbling, you know, just say it word by word, letter by letter, with all the pronunciation. Yeah. Yeah, and he learned not to ask uh, on uh, Hashem's ways, and uh, he had 14 uh, children. He lived in a small apartment afterwards. So that was the uh, Malki Sabah, and one of his farm is the Lukute the David. He was also very close to Rav Shlomo Alfandiri, known as Saba Kadusha. Yeah, and that was the Malki Sabah, Rav David Sion Laniado, which Yorzai is tonight. We actually have this Yorzai, uh, this coming Shabbos Yorzai, I'm going to mention later on in the show. There's actually very interesting Yorzai to Shabbos. We have Rachel Menuz. We have Mr. Shelach Ben Hanoch. And we have also Binyamin Ben Yaakov. So now let's discuss, since we discussed now Rav David Ben Sinion Laniado, let's discuss now Rav Yosef Yehuda, Rav Yosef Yehuda Le Bloch. Rav Yosef Yehuda Le Bloch, he was the Telza Rosh Yeshiva, one of the Telza Rosh Yeshivas. Anyways, he, di he died on November 10th, 1929. And his place, I believe it's called, Tel, they spell it T-E-L-S-I-A-I, -I, but it's really Tells. Anyways, Tells under Rav Yosef Leibloch, where Rav Yosef Leibloch became the Rosh Yeshiva. In 1910, he became the Rav over there. He had, a, to a certain extent, hidden in the lifetime of his father-in-law, were revealed, the beauty. He had a lot of uh, organization skills. He made Tells not only a yeshiva, but a molder of men and ashkafas. And the unique Tells that Rav Yosef Leif had been very instrumental in fashioning. He was the living example of the rabbinic royalty and was possessed of an iron self-control and discipline. Everything he did was foresight. He thought before he talked. He thought of before he did. That this, there's a lot to learn from these gedole yosef today. He had a very tight schedule with time set aside for everything. Davening, learning, sleeping, waking, resting, walking, and the like. So basically, imagine being a big time at Chacham and having time to take a walk, to do a little exercise, to do a little learning, to do... Baruch Hashem, he had this, and there's a lot to learn from him. He was very punctual that the residents of the Telzi Yeshiva says that they could see set their watches according to the schedule. Another innovation of Rabbi Yosef Leib, another thing he did was that in addition to giving the high share, he took upon himself to deliver Musr, which he called Shuri Das. Musr is like Rav Moshe Chaim Lizario wrote the Sefer. He wrote a few for him. Anyway, going back to Rabbi Yosef Leibach, his personality and influence raised the prestige of yeshiva students in the eyes of the world. He insisted that a member of the yeshiva be called the more honorable term, yeshiva mechanach, instead of the somewhat condescending title of yeshiva bachar. Rav Yosef Leib's efforts were not, weren't limited to running the yeshiva. He founded and presided over an entire network of educational institutions so that under his stewardship, the tells became bigger. The full education institution for both men and women. Soon hundreds from everywhere came. In nineteen twenty he founded a yeshiva catering to younger Talmudim who were not old enough 
nowhere on the high level of entering the yeshiva. Eventually, because of its popularity, a lot of people started coming. And he had to build another building. Around the same time, an elementary school was open for girls. The base Medrash Marm Yavna Teacher Seminary opened until the 1925 with a four-year program teaching pedagogy and a comprehensive knowledge, a lot of Tanakh, basically language, math, and history to enable its young men to become the future teacher of the Yidden. 1927, Yavna opened a Yiddish gymnasium for women, and women could obtain a secular education from Torah Ashkafa in a completely Torah atmosphere. Kalil Harabonim, which he found in 1929, was made for the motivated scholars with rabbinic ordination to further their studies in preparation for the rabbinic base of Medrash. Morris Yavna, the teacher seminar, opened in the 1930s. The seminary catered to post-high school age girls, teaching a lot of skills. Yavna graduates spread all across Poland and eventually came to America. Generations of girls in the pathways of Yiddishkeit, under the leadership of Rav Yosef Leib, tells Blossom becoming not only becoming a yeshiva, but one of the Europe's great Torah centers. Thousands came from all over to learn in this wide educational institution where he started. So that was Rev, a little bit about Rev Yosef Le Bloch. Anyways, going out to Rev Hagoin, Rev Shimon Yehuda Hagoin Shkop. Also, the Yurtzai is tonight. Rabbi Shkop was born in uh, Toretz, Minsk at the age of 12. He studied in the yeshiva and mirror for two years. He then traveled to Volozhin and studied with the Nitziv he was part of an extraordinary group of students with whom Rabbi Chaim Salvechik interacted in. 1884, he became a big Gadat Yeshiva, he, where he taught Torah for 18 years and became well-known for his style and distinctive Chedushim. In 1903, he was appointed Rabbi of Meld, replacing the guard Rabbi Zalman Sander, who became the rabbi in, Krin in Krinke. In 1907, he became the rabbi of Brinsk, where he found a yeshiva known as Yeshiva, but uh, Rav Shimon Brinsk, during World War I, he remained in Brinsk, which was captured by the Germans and helped us seriously to look after tens people. Since his yeshiva was forced to close during the war, he was used this time to arrange his chadushim and share him in a safer. This was the popular Shari Yosha, which was published in 1928. In 1920, Rav Shkup was urged by the leading rabbanim of the time led by Rav Chaim Ozer of Vilna, and to accept the position of Rosh Yeshiva of Yeshiva Shara Torah in Grodna. Rav Shkop was successful in turning the Yeshiva into one of the largest and most popular in Europe. In 1928, he traveled to America in order to elevate the difficult financial situation of his Yeshiva, and was received there with the highest honor. After the passing of the Manchester Eloi Rav Shlomo Palachik, he became a Rosh Yeshiva at Rav Isaac Elchanan Seminary. Although he wanted to remain the leading rabbana of Europe, led by the Chavz Chaim and Rav Chaim Oizer, he felt it imperative for him to return to Gorodna and his yeshiva there. Rav Shkop answered the call, albeit with some misgivings. When World War II broke out, he moved with his yeshiva to Vilna, where he died shortly thereafter. So that's the history of Rav Yehuda Chaim Shkop. Well, okay. So this is something that... Uh, I know you read now a storybook, but uh, we what what they do it in their life you cannot imagine and you cannot write it in a right, book. Right, I can't write I just, down. I, I, I cannot. You cannot read the stories about them. 
and too much what, to write. It won't fit on paper. No, no, it's not a matter of writing. It's a matter of to tell about what Sadiqim, what that's. And many times we are, we are, we're talking about our, to, our, to the adults and to the, or to the kids, you know. And kids are understanding many times, and most of them, more the, better than adults. And I want to tell you this, that, you know, we see our, around us so many things that really are attracting and uh, can, can make you very, very disturbed. And thinking about Emunah and Bitachon and everything, and when you see this, this Rabbanim, this Chachamim, this giants, uh, Tzadikim, you understand what it all mean to be a Jewish. You know, because daily you're just looking around, you go on, especially we are in Brooklyn, you go on the street, you see so many non-Jewish people around you. And you have to understand that we have to be proud and we have to be like one of a kind. This we are the elite unit of the of this place, you know. I'm thinking that to see these giants and to see what how they behave, you cannot compare to non-Jewish people, you know. You cannot compare it to the you know so-called the, the, uh, Hasidim and all. And you, yes, you have you have uh, Hasidim or Mota Olam, but it, it's something that you know you can thinking about people like uh, uh, a a uh, uh, all these huge people that you know talking about a person that reading the Tehillim every day three times but this is okay this is, can be mechanical but I'm talking about really connect himself to the power of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to connect himself to see and you see what, what is all about you know when talking about and I'm telling you uh, Moish Yes. I, I was in many places in the world. I was also experienced so other other religious, and I saw I saw I saw what is all about. I saw the people that sometimes talking nonsense. So you, don't, you know the world is what about. And and, and then Sorry, suddenly you find a person like a, a, a giant like a Gaon Mivina or Chacham Ovadia Yosef Zecher Tzadikim Levacha Rashi. You know, you imagine yourself. You imagine yourself a Rashi. Okay. Imagine yourself a Rambam. You know, Rashi is about thousand I years. I can imagine okay, myself. Thousand, thousand years ago. Thousand years ago. No computers, no light, no yes, light with with the, you know the the oil 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 candle candle light, and no 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 pen you know no pen you know pencil you know with pencil you didn't have but even pen you know with the ink you have to do dip the 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 the, the parchment the, yes you had the parchment paper yeah and parchment it's and, and they write made out of uh, a feather feather from bamboo yeah, you know all this and writing and and beside this you know just writing a lot that I don't understand how they can could remember so it's it's a giant it's not human you know. And talking about talking about you know, take this all these giant people, and compare to the other people. You cannot compare. You cannot compare that they're gone within that or or Chacham of Yosef. You know Chacham of Yosef. Some people uh, research is knowledge, and they said that basically in order to bring a, a answer to his to the question that people ask him, he had to read thirty thousand books. <laughs> well, thirty books. books. Thirty down and remember foreign, what? Not not foreign books. Not uh, not foreign. Not not regular. Yeah, no regular books. book. Uh, a, a novelty. You know, the, 
הלכות בו, כאילו, הגמרא, ש"ס, משניות, everything, you know, if you open, if you open a book of שאלות ותשובות of חכם ודיח ודעה, אוקיי? Open just randomly, any page, and you see his answer, without any question about that, people asking him, you see over there, and average, average is a 50, Play, different simuchim, different places that he bring this answer from. You know, why is yes, why is not, why is it, what is conclusion? All right. From 50 different sources. You, you understand what it means? From if it's from, from the Shfat Emet, if from the, from the Ramah, if from the Maran, if it's from the Ramban, if it's from Rambam, from different, I will tell you exactly which page, which, you know, And I know that last week was the Chacham of Yosef Yorzeit. Gimel Becheshvan. And I know that we spoke about it uh, quite a few times, but it's, it's, you know the story that he used to, be, used to learn in, in uh, Borat Yosef. Right, yeah, I heard the story. You told me this yes, uh, last yeah, week. Yeah, oh yes, uh, we thought, so we're talking about this. And yeah. it's something that we, we cannot imagine, this, you know, people today. And the only thing that we can tell you that, that we have, uh, what do you call it? We, we have the ability, and this is an encouragement to all our children. To my children we have that, also a lot that, of uh, dirty stuff, a lot of shtuyot. Yeah, but we have to, to understand that we are doing, uh, uh, trying to be, uh, you know, with our children and not be, give up, not give up uh, uh, this, uh, you know, idea. When, when Chacham of Yosef came, he always said, I want to be a Gadol Israel. And <laughs> he became Gadol Israel because he wanted and he can do it. And I said, that's what you say all the time, Kishon Yahweh, every kid has his talent. Some of these kids... Every kid has his talent, that's yeah, correct. Every kid has a talent. And uh, we are looking also, you know, long time, long time we don't have... Uh, a, a junior reporter because it's summer and everything. So, so now is your chance. Now is your chance. Come yeah. call in, text in 347-927-8398 and text in the information and you could become a junior reporter the, on the new Kishwini Hour. And Bez Hashem coming in, in the next few weeks we're going to Bez Hashem going to have wonderful shows. Maybe Maya Licht, maybe some great storytellers coming in. Yetzi Haber hopefully. Uh, another few storytellers that I know offhand that are, are, I've been in contact and hopefully they're going to come in. So this is your time now to be a junior reporter. Anyways. You know, we have a famous junior reporter that is already senior reporter. Uh, Yudha Rubin. Yes. Rubin. And he was dedicated to this show. I, I don't know. Oh, is like he on now? Four, no, like three, four uh, years. Look, now he's already high school, so it's, uh, it's tough for him, you know. Maybe he can still do it, no? I, I, I don't know. I don't want to push him too much because it's really, as, as you know, when, when yeah, we, we have Avi Galinsky. You remember Avi Galinsky? Avi Galinsky, sure. Yes, and until he came to the high school, it, it was uh, unbelievable. And uh, we, we are looking now to uh, a, new, a new guys, a new, new uh, refreshment. And I believe that we, uh, we, uh, you have, uh, guys, you, uh, you, you are over there that listen to us right now. You children have, who are listening now could become our next junior reporter. And yes, and whatever you talk about, let's say, talk about 
the weather. <laughs> you know, limb, what's you know? the weather going to be on Shabbat? What uh, what's uh, what each animal has to do with the Torah, which I found very fascinating. Yeah, you have you have the junior magid. You know, you can be you can do give shiur Torah. You can give a, a storyteller. I'll be a storyteller, uh, right? A storyteller. Even though we have Rabbi Yitzhi every Wednesday night. Yeah, but you are, we need more stories. You know, we, we, we need, need story more storytellers. Storytellers. So, storytellers. Kids, if you want to become a storyteller one day, so now is your chance to. Uh, be uh, on Junior Reporter over here on J Radio Kishrani Hour. Anyways, we'll take a few minute break and then afterwards I'm going to come back here and say a nice, beautiful story that I have, which doesn't have anything to do with Gadam, but it's a lesson story for the uh, Russian horror story. Okay. You know what? I'll put you something about Maranshuli. I'm 
Kishrani Hour on JRU Radio. Just to let you guys know, the boys and the girls who are participating, you could participate by calling 718-683-5858 or text 347-927-8398. 347-927-8398. As a matter of fact, I could even take Mazel Tovs. You know, you could text in your Mazel Tovs and whereas it's Hashem, if it's a wedding, we're going to Bez Hashem, read it through during our breaks. Anyways, I want to tell a story. There was once upon a time, a very far place, in the classroom, Moshe and Yehuda sitting down in the chair. They were sitting down in the classroom. Moshe! Yes, Rebbe? What, what, what are you doing? I'm I'm sitting. You're sitting. Where are you sitting? I'm sitting on my seat. You're sitting on your seat? Uh, but where's Yehuda going to sit? Yehuda doesn't have a place. Oh, I'm sorry, Rebbe. Let me move. Yehuda comes into the classroom and sees Moshe sitting on his seat. And tells Moshe, Hey, Moshe, what are you doing on my seat? I don't know. What are you what are you doing what are you doing coming over to me to my seat? I don't know. What are you doing in my seat? The Rebbe heard all this. The Rebbe had enough. Moshe Yehuda, come here right now. You have to come here. Listen, I can't teach you. If you're going to be arguing on your seat, how can I teach? But he took my seat. No, he took my seat. 
but you got to stop fighting. Moshe, go to your seat. You have to go to your seat. Okay, Rappy. Okay. And they both went to their seat. The next second, all of a sudden, the Rebbe turns around, facing the board. He's writing down something on the board. And the next second, Moshe starts throwing an airplane. Hey, who threw that airplane? Uh, oh, Moshe. No, it wasn't me. It was, I'm telling you right now, it wasn't me. Ay, ay, ay. Moshe, I have glasses. I can see. Next time, it's going to be thrown out. And the Rebbe, again, turns around. Whoop, another airplane goes sailing past the board, right on the Rebbe's hat. That's it. The Rebbe had enough of them. He told the boys, That's it, you're coming with me to the principal. Right now. And Moishi went with the Rebbe to the principal. And he's sitting down next to the principal's office. So your Rebbe told me what you did. Uh, what did I do, principal? What do you mean, what you did? You don't know what you did? No, how am I supposed to know what I did if I didn't do anything? Oh, you didn't do anything. So your Rebbe tells me you threw an airplane. I threw an airplane. <laughs> it's, airplanes are very big to throw. Yeah, airplanes are very big to throw? What do you mean, big to, to throw? Paper airplanes are not big. Moshe, you're smarter than that. Go back to class, sit down straight. Be nice to your Rebbe. And Moshe goes back to class. Says, I'm sorry to your Rebbe. Sits back down. Meanwhile, he sits down on the chair. And now Moshe and Yehuda, together, they're best friends. And Moshe and Yehuda, again, they start, they start playing around during class. That's it. The Rebbe got very angry. Moshe, that's it. Yehuda, come at me. Moshe and Yehuda, both of you come here right now. Yes, Rebbe. Yeah, Rebbe. What did I do wrong? Yeah, what did I do wrong? I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, I didn't do anything. Uh, fooling around the class is nothing to do wrong. You did a lot wrong. You're fooling around in class. I didn't do anything. Yeah, I didn't do it. If you both say didn't do anything, come with me to the principal. And they go to the principal, and he's nicely sitting down next to the principal's office. Moishi and Yehuda are waiting there. The principal calls Moishi in. Says, I warned you that he wants. We're going to have to call you up your mommy. No, don't call my mommy. Don't call your mommy? Why not? Because if you call my mommy, my mommy's going to get upset. Well, your mommy's going to get upset. That's just too bad. Next time you have to think of what you're doing. And they call in Yehuda. Well, Yehuda, you're going to behave? Yeah, of course I'm going to behave. I'm going to be very nice. You're going to be very nice. Good. Okay. All right. I give Moishi, Yehuda, I give you two chances again. A second chance I give you, okay? Go back to class. Sit down nicely. Moishi comes right back into class. Takes a seat. Makes believe he's going to sit. Lands right on the floor. Ouch, that hurt. And Yehuda does the same thing because they like to copy each other. And Moishi and Yehuda, they're both sitting on the floor. The Rebbe looks around again. That's it. This time, you're too much. You're not sitting, fooling around. And Moshe and Yehuda were laughing. And that's it. And meanwhile, the principal, they, he goes straight out to the principal's office. 
And the principal comes into the classroom. Moshe Yehuda, come here. And Moshe Yehuda's looking around. Moshe and Yehuda, who's Moshe Yehuda? Yeah, who's Moshe Yehuda? I don't know anybody, Moshe Yehuda. And Moshe and Yehuda are laughing away because they don't. They know it's two separate kids, not the same kid. And the principal says, Moshe Yehuda, I'm counting to three. And the Rebbe says, oh, yo, yo, I made a mistake. I told him Moshe Yehuda, not Moshe and Yehuda. I, no, Mr. Principal, it's Moshe and Yehuda. Oh, Moshe and Yehuda, come here. Uh-oh, that's not so funny. And Moshe and Yehuda, they go out. They go to his office. Well, what are you going to say? You weren't sitting nicely. It was only a joke. Yeah, it was by accident. Why are you going to say it's an accident? It's not an accident that you sit down on the floor. That's on purpose. Well, I didn't see where I was sitting. <laughs> you didn't see where you were sitting? Why not? I wasn't wearing my glasses. You weren't wearing your glasses? You don't even have glasses. Were you telling me you have glasses? Uh, Moshe, what do you have to say? <laughs> well, I was uh, trying to sit down, and I uh, kind of missed my seat. Okay. Very good. This time, I'll tell you what. I'm going to give you a nice yelling. Yelling? I don't like to be yelled at. You don't like to be yelled at? Well, that's your fault. You come into my office and you're making trouble. With good report, I could give you a candy. Uh, let me see the candy first. Oh, the, and the principal takes out a nice big taffy. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I like that. I'll tell you what, if you get a good mark, you get a good grade, and you listen to your Rebbe, your Rebbe comes to me a week later, and you're doing very well, then you can come and take this taffy. Both of us? Both of you. Wait a minute, I don't want to split a taffy. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't want to split a taffy with Yehuda. Yehuda doesn't like sharing taffies with me. No, each of you get the one taffy. Oh, one big taffy, okay. And they try very hard. And finally, a week passes. A week and a half passes. The uh, Rebbe says, ah, they were so good. He tells the principal, ah, they were so good. I don't know what you did. What did you do to them? All I said, I was going to give them a candy. A little bit of a taffy. Okay. And... The principal comes back in. Oh, my Yehuda, you were very good. Come to my office. Oh, oh, that's not good. Why not? Why is it not good? You, you uh, have to come to the office because you remember you were good. Oh yeah, I remember now. Yeah, we're gonna get the candy now. And they go getting the candy, and he's walking to the principal's office, and they get the candy. A few weeks later, the class goes to the zoo. And while looking around, Moshe Yehuda talked to the animal feeders about all the animals. All the zookeepers are feeding the animals, and Moshe and Yehuda figure out to ask the zookeeper some questions, etc. The first cage they pass by is the monkey, and now the monkeys are very entertaining. Because if you look at a monkey, it'd make a, like a funny face, nah, 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 right? The monkey makes a funny face back at you. And no problem, so... The monkeys threw their banana at the boys. Hey, who threw that? Yeah, who threw that banana? Oh, I think the monkey threw a banana. And of course, Moshe and Yehuda, 
they see a closed banana. They know what the monkey wants. They know the monkey wants back its banana. He opens up the banana. They both open up their bananas, and they throw it back to the monkey. The next second, uh, Moishi decides, hey, I know you. I have a good idea. You have a good idea? Yeah, I have a very good idea. What's your good idea? I have an idea. I'm going to play ball with the monkey. And he starts playing ball with the monkey. And they're playing catch. They're playing catch with the monkey. The next cage, there are giraffes. Moishi Uta looking up. Whoa, <laughs> that's very tall. Yeah, that's very, very tall. That's very tall. And one of the giraffes takes Moishi's cap right off his head. Hey, what's happening? My cap. Hey, Moishi, your cap fell off. No, my cap didn't fall off. He, hey, he stole it. Who stole it? The giraffe. The giraffe stole your cap. Oh, don't be silly, Moshi. Giraffes <laughs> don't steal cats. Hmm, what's going to happen? Oh, no. Yehuda's thinking to himself, what's going to happen? How's Moshe going to get back his cap from this giraffe? And Moshe wonders, how will I get my cap back? So fine, he climbs in. And he goes on to the back of the giraffe. He's starting to go up. And meanwhile, the giraffe is walking around. Now, you know... Boys and girls, a giraffe is really, really, really huge. Now, it took them a while. They're climbing and they're climbing and the giraffe is moving around. So it feels like he's going giraffe back riding. You know, there's horseback riding. And Moshe, since he's trying to get back his cap, he's going giraffe back riding. And Moshe finally gets to the giraffe's neck, takes his cap, falls right down. Ouch, that hurts. And Moshe tries again to get his cap. Tries again. This time he gets to the neck without a problem. And the draft all of a sudden shakes his head. And Moshe cap goes flying to the next cage. Oh, no. My cap. What's going to happen to my cap? I don't know what's going to happen to your cap. And they go to the next cage. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, there's lions in there. Yeah, how are you going to get your cap now, Moshe? What, are you going to play stick with the lion? What are you going to do, play catch with it? Uh-oh, that's dangerous. And he goes to the lion's cage. Moshe goes in. And Yehuda pulls out a sandwich. Hey, Mr. Lion. Nah. Oh, 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 that's pretty scary. Yeah, very scary. Oh, 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 when the, Moshe, you feed it. No, 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 you feed it. And Yehuda sticks out his sandwich to the lion, and the lion comes, smells it, takes a bite out of the sandwich, and Moshe runs through the cage, and finally, he gets his cat back. A few weeks later, another trip, they go to a safari. Moshe and Yehuda decide, they ask the Rebbe if they can get off the bus to use the bathroom, to go to use the restroom, to go take a tour, and fine. The Rebbe says, no, 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 you can't get off. This is a safari. How are you going to get off? Very dangerous. You can't get off the bus. Right now, you can't get off the bus because it's dangerous. You're in a safari. You're going to get lost. And the other boys start convincing the Rebbe, no, please let them get off there. Yeah, let them get off. Moshe and Yehuda start convincing also, and the Rebbe says, fine, you know what? I'll let you off. And Moshe Yehuda get off. And of course, the first thing they meet is the monkeys. 
sort of reminds them of the zoo. So they keep on working a little bit, walk further, 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 which just happens to be where the drafts are. And they go further apart where the next part is. Uh-oh. There's some tigers. But they continue. And they're continuing and they're continuing. Meanwhile, the Reppy's getting very scared. It's getting dark outside. Getting very dark. Moshe and Yehuda are not home. Are not there. Are not back on the bus. Hmm. Boys, what what should we do? Uh, you know what, boys? Well, I'm going to look for them. I'm going to get off the bus and look for them. Oh, no, Rebbe. What if you get lost? Yeah, Rebbe, don't get off the bus. They're going to come back. Yeah, they're going to come back. Don't worry, Rebbe. Okay, okay but uh, you know what? I can't wait any longer. I'm going off. And finally, the Rebbe gets off the bus. And he gets off the bus. And now Moshe and Yehuda, they're right next to the lines parts. Uh-oh, now we're really going to get hurt. We're really going to get hurt now. Yeah, we're going to get hurt. Yeah, how am I going to get hurt? There's a line here. Hmm. And Moshe and Yehuda, they're both searching in their bag. But Moshe realizes that his bag is on the bus. Oh, no. What do I do? I don't know what you're going to do. They both search Yehuda's bag. Yehuda and Moshe... Both search Yehuda's bag, and they find a fish. Very interesting. Hmm. Lions love fish. Yeah, lions, is, I think, love fish. And they start feeding the fish to the lion. <laughs> and it's starting to get really dark. And now Moshe and Yehuda, they're going through the woods. Ooh. <laughs> Uh-oh, I hear noises. This is not fun. Yeah, this is very not fun. Oh, no, what am I going to do? Help! Oh, who are you shouting help to? you shouting help to the hunters. What if they think we're an animal? We're an animal? We don't have horns. Yeah, maybe you're right. And they both start screaming, help! 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 And the Rebbe is getting really scared because it's really late. It's 9 o'clock. The Rebbe looks at his watch. It's 9 o'clock. Ive, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Oh, no. The Rebbe's looking... And the Rebbe comes through the woods. And Moshe and Yehuda now come to a cabin. They knock on the door. They knock again. Oh, it's not the door open? Yes. What do you want? Uh, 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 excuse me. Do you have a phone in your cabin? Yeah. Uh, do you have a cabin in your phone? I mean, a phone in your cabin? A phone in your cabin? A phone in my cabin? Why would I have a phone in my cabin? Well, you see, uh, kind sir. Moshe says to the guy, If you please, kind sir, we were lost. Yeah, <laughs> we were lost. We got lost in the woods. Yeah, tell me about it. How did you get lost in the woods? Uh, uh, I don't know. How did we get lost in the woods? Yeah, I don't know either. Yes, you do. Oh, uh, you also. Oh, that's right. And they tell the guy how they were lost in the woods. And the guy says, you know what? I'm going to offer you some food. And he gives them some food. As a matter of fact, they happen to be kosher. They happen to be kosher food. Kosher food in that? What are you doing? Wow. Excuse me, sir? Yes. The, uh, uh, the food here, the, you, you serve kosher, right? Kosher? I used to eat kosher. You used to eat kosher. Uh-oh. He used to be Jewish. 
Wait a minute, if he's born a Jew, he must be Jewish now. Oh, yeah, right. And the uh, guy says, you know what, it's getting very late. Stay here. Stay here overnight. Stay overnight. Uh-oh. And boys and girls, it's very, really very dangerous to be with a stranger. But they had no choice. And this guy says, fine, stay overnight. And he walks out the door. And meanwhile, there's another knock on the door. Knock, knock. Uh, Moshe Yehuda are snoozing off. Hey, Yehuda, did you hear that? No, what did you hear, Owl? No, I think I heard somebody knocking. And they heard a knocking again. They open up the door. My Rebbe, what, what are you doing here so late at night? It's 11 o'clock at night. Boy, where were you? Where was I? Well, you see, Rebbe, <laughs> we, we, we like to take adventure. Yeah, I know you like to take adventure, but where were you? Well, you see, Rebbe, uh, this guy let us stay here. And fine, they start to stay there for a little midnight adventure, and they're sleeping throughout the night. The stranger comes back in the morning says, So, oh, I see your rabbi came to look for you. Ah, your rabbi's here. Let me speak to him. Wait, uh, excuse me, mister. Uh, can you tell us, how did you get here? Yeah, how did you get here? Well, it's a very long story. You see, and the guy starts crying away, crying, crying, crying. And the rabbi's like, What's the matter? Why, why are you crying so much? What, what happened? What, what's wrong? And he still continues crying and crying away. You see, when I was a young gentleman, they spoke about me. They spoke bad about me. Uh-oh. They spoke bad about you? And they told said some Russian horror, which made me lose a shidduch. And nobody else wanted to be married to me because they spread such a bad rumors. Now, Kindleuch, the story ends right here. And, you know, in this story, we learn all about Shmir Salash and how bad what it could lead. Shmir Salash and what, if you don't watch what you say, 50, 70, 80, 90 years later, you could hurt somebody for the rest of his life. And uh, we're going to play a little bit of the song, Kao Aksof. <laughs> 